0: to get started. Peace.
1: Hello and welcome to the Anatomy of Marriage podcast. I'm your host Melanie Studley.
0: Good morning. My name is Seth Studley. I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist and today is day 26. Of 100 days of AOM Q&A. And today we're going to talk about porn in a Christian marriage and my husband looks at other women.
1: If you're new here, welcome. The Anatomy of Marriage podcast is a real show about real marriages that brings you really helpful tips, tools, and advice.
0: That's right. And if you're new here, we go live on Instagram every single day and also live on Facebook. And we have over 200 other shows in long format explaining our story. We interview other couples, New York Times bestsellers, and we bring it, people. So... Listen to. So check those out. Season
1: one of the podcast, all that. Um, And we do, let's see. So we answer your questions. That's what Anatomy 100 Days of Qs and A's is. So today's questions, like we said in the beginning, Mm -hmm. are. Are you going to jump right into the question? Yeah.
0: Okay, all right. My husband and I are a Christian couple. Porn was a very acceptable tool for him. After marrying him, I asked him to stop, then in parentheses, oops. He openly admits to still using it on occasion, which I appreciate his honesty because he could very well lie to me and live in secrecy. We frequently have sex, but I rarely can get into it because all I can think of is how disappointed he must be looking at me. Plus, he closes his eyes frequently during sex, and that is usually when he is able to orgasm. I need some ideas slash tools for me to cope with this. I'm not an ultimatum type of gal. I've communicated my wants and needs for him to stop, but he isn't ready to do that yet. Again, I appreciate his honesty. Until God works his miracles, what do I do in the meantime to stay connected to him without being disgusted? Without being disgusted, maybe? Disgusted? I don't know. I'm not sure. Or maybe you're not going to talk about this. You're going to revisit it with him, but you want to be connected, so you're not going to discuss it. Yeah. Okay, so... There's a couple things here. Um, one is, right immediately, there's a sentence that says, after mar- marrying him, I asked him to stop. Oops. So, why do you feel that asking him to do something, asking him, him to give up something, is an oops? Because obviously, it negatively is affecting you, and it's negatively, negatively affecting him as well. But why do you feel... Why is there a timidity around that? Or why do you feel wrong for asking him to stop? That would be like me asking Melanie to stop eating, you know, only chocolate 24-7. I'm like, well, oops, I asked her to stop. I shouldn't have done mm-hmm. that, right? Well,
1: I mean, I think of it like this. Like, if you think of it in any other context, like, I got married to my husband and I asked him to stop dating.
0: Oops. Mm-hmm. Like,
1: no, that's what... that what
0: You have an eyelash on your Um cheek.
1: Like, you don't... Uh, that is a part of a healthy relationship. Uh, mm-hmm. You don't continue to look at porn if that's not something you agreed upon in your marriage once you're married. And so it is not uh, da- like a bad thing that you asked him to stop. I, don't, I that's I just I'm glad you addressed that because I think it's important that you don't downplay the importance of what that means in a marriage. Like again, think of if like oh we're we're getting married that means you need to stop dating. Is that okay? No, that's a can you
0: can you stop spending our money, please? Ooh, I shouldn't have asked that, right? So I would like you to think about that for your own personal self, and then I um, would like to address this. Like uh, he can't, he can't. Okay, he can't have an orgasm if. He, his eyes are open. So I'm thinking of like, okay, maybe this has been like a really habitual use and has like, you're used to it because in our, in our brains, we create neural pathways, good ones or bad ones. And sometimes there's really, uh, you can really set pathways like, oh, I need this in order to do this. And that is something it's, well, that would borderline addiction, right? Well,
1: yeah. But hold on. Don't assume that because he's closing his eyes, he's thinking about something else. Well, I'm else. not.
0: That's just what she said. Mm-hmm. Well, you know I mean, saying? it that's sounds a, like you are possible. saying
1: that that is what is going on, too. And I'm like, <clears throat> I close my eyes. Right. And I'm going to be like, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I, you can't, don't put meaning into something that might not have anything. So okay. that, I'm, I'm currently reading the audiobook. The Subtle Art of Not Giving an F, and you are giving an F about something that might have no Fs to give in it, if right. that makes sense. Read the book. It's right. amazing. But
0: So here's an interesting thing that I want to talk about. I think that um, you, because you have a really great attitude of like, okay, do this, kind of get through it, leave all the bull crap behind, and me as a therapist, I think of the other things. I'm like, well, wait a minute. That approach might be too kind of rigid and Let's just like... Let's
1: carry bro- all of our bull crap for a while. Just hold on to it for a bit. Let's uh-huh. just look at all the bull crap and talk about all the bull crap. No, just freaking let go.
0: I told you, you, yesterday, I told you yesterday that you are, uh, you've are you been on fire all day because you started reading that book. And That can, book
1: has like literally, um, what is the word? It has validated my entire existence to read oh. The Subtle Art of Not Giving an F. So now, and I'm not even exaggerating. So
0: now you're going to even be more... More I'm not going to give my
1: Fs to things that don't deserve my Fs. Okay, and uh, I've been trying to not do that. And it's uh, it, there's a lot that I could say. But yeah. I do want to say, like, there's so much assumption in that, just the statement, like, he closes his eyes when he orgasms. So do I. That doesn't mean I'm looking at something inappropriate or thinking about something inappropriate. Um, but let's stay focused on the question. Yes. So um, it says, I need some ideas and tools for me to cope with this. I'm not an, an ultimatum type of person. I want him to stop, uh, blah, blah blah. But I do. So one of the things that the next question deals with, kind of the same topic as well, sort of. And so one of the things I want to suggest, a tip, a tool, or whatever, is you go listen to Sexy Marriage Radio podcast. It's with Dr. Corey Allen. He's yeah. been on our show before, and I even found an episode that I think is probably one that would be uh, a good one. It's episode four fifteen. It's called Is Sex Addiction Real? Number mm-hmm. four fifteen. And you can also just Google like sexy marriage radio and then a topic that is relevant and you will be able to find it. So like you could type in sexy marriage radio pornography and it will Dr. Corey Allen is amazing. Every episode he's ever done is amazing. Check out his work if you're dealing with this kind of thing, because he knows what he's talking about. Mm-hmm. Um but I just that I just wanted to bring that up because I think that that's really important. But um, I don't think that pornography is healthy in a marriage when people don't want it in a marriage. Some people want pornography in their marriage, and they both agree that it's great. That's a type of marriage. I don't care what you do. You do you. Mm-hmm. Um, but if that's not what is in your marriage and beneficial for you both, then yes, you, you can tell him, please stop doing this, and then let's figure out a way to um, get a counselor. Because one of the things that we talked with Dr. Corey Allen the other day about is that Um, any sex issue, uh, whether that's addiction, pornography, uh, whatever it has, um, for men, it typically has a, what is the word? The cause has nothing to do with sex itself. Mm -hmm. So looking at pornography all the time has nothing to do with, I want to look at pornography all the time. And it almost always has something to do with, I have not dealt with these other things way back here in my Mm -hmm. life. And pornography is the one thing that I know is certain. No one's going to reject me in pornography. I'm always going to orgasm. It's, you know, like these kinds of things are what, it's like, um, it's like, uh, icing. Like it's candy. It's not good. It's also
0: a, a coping mechanism and a way to check out. For sure. Right. And it's
1: not, it's not, it's not conflict. There's never conflict in it. Right. Like the pornography is not going to tell you to load the dishes. So it's like (laughs) a safe place, air quotes. I'm doing air quotes there. Right. So, um, but yeah, what were you going to say?
0: I, I'm just thinking of now. The question is: sex addiction real? I haven't listened to that episode, and it would be really interesting. So I, I believe that you're you're not you're not. So I'm talking to the female partner, the wife in this. You're not not okay for wanting to talk about this. It is really something that needs to be talked about obviously it's affecting you and it's like planting seeds oh his eyes are closed what is he thinking what's going on so i think that uh you you guys just need to talk about it maybe maybe there is an addiction problem maybe that is a really maybe that has been created as a really strong form of coping or checking out or stress it's just like
1: smoking for him i mean it's not any different than like Smoking or vaping. It's just a thing that gives you a sensation, whether, I mean, that's chewing tobacco. It's, I can't, what are other things people do? Cocaine? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> what do people do? I well, can't think of it. An-
0: anything. We talked about it before. Wine. Facebook, checking email. Yes. Wine. Yes. Uh... Beer, uh, watching TV, obsessively Constantly. working out. Mm-hmm. It, yes. it's anything. It's doing things that get your mind off of your. I'm gonna go back to a Kyle Sees book. Ooh. How how do I screw this up? How, I, ho- I hope I screw. This I up. hope I screw this up. Anything that gets away from your uh, highest and truest calling, mm-hmm. right? Like me checking email all the time is like, oh, that's like. Well, wait a minute. I'm spending all my time do that, doing that, so I don't have to work and find my highest and truest calling, mm-hmm. right?
1: Yeah. Well, it's like, instead of being a good parent, which you want to be a good parent, you just say, I- I'd rather binge like all of Game of Thrones mm-hmm. or something. And I-, I don't know what that is even, but like... It's a show. Well, I don't... I have no idea about it at all. But so like, that's a way that you just numb your mind. Right. So is pornography. Same exact thing. There's nothing different about it other than it involves people having sex, which I think Game of Thrones has people having sex in it. <laughs> Again, I have no idea, though. So I could be way off. Yeah. Um... You should watch Lord of the Rings instead. There's no sex in that. <laughs> <laughs> that's a, a Melanie-approved uh, way to numb your mind. Okay. But, but I do say, listen to Sexy Marriage Radio. Find, like, go just binge a bunch of Sexy Marriage Radio episodes because it is awesome content. But know you're not out of line for asking your partner to stop. And... Um, I don't know, like what does it say? It says, I can never get into it. When we have sex, I can rarely get into it because all I can think of is how disappointed he must be in looking at me. So that that thought that thought right there is not correct. Like, um
0: Talk to me about that.
1: I'm going to talk. I'm going to be real honest here, and this is uh, breaking news. I know what you're going to say. You don't know what I'm going to say. Oh, okay. I definitely you don't know what to say. I used to look at pornography all the time. Did you think I was going to say that?
0: Well, you told me that. I know that.
1: Is that what you thought I was going to say? No. (laughs) Yeah, I didn't think so.
0: I thought you were going to say something much more personal. I was like, you're going to say that's pretty personal. Well, (laughs) yeah.
1: But uh, so when I am with Seth, there is not a time when I'm like. Remember all those old pornography days? Like I'm with Seth, and that's what I'm. That's a the power of presence in that moment. And we have talked about this, so it's not uh, it's not surprising to you. So I would say you not being able to get into sex because of your partner's pornography use. There again, this is not about how do I get into sex. Mm -hmm. This is how do I undo something that's happened in our past? Some mind thing that I'm stuck on? Some mindset? and then that will bring you the answer of how to get into sex it's but not but this isn't
0: in the past though it's i it's know active. but
1: it's it you it's like looking at the cut and being like how do i get it to stop bleeding but you're like you are cutting yourself like you're like i'm slicing myself and then going oh It's bleeding everywhere. Mm -hmm. And then you do it again and go, ah, that. And I'm not saying that she's doing this to herself. It's just we need to go one ring beyond where what we think the actual problem is is not the actual problem. We got to go one ring out. It's the zone of proximal development, right? Scooch one layer out and explore what's beyond that layer. And then you can find the thing that's going to stop this from happening. Uh, And both partners... From both partners' perspectives, your your husband has to do the same thing too.
0: And there needs to be some obvious healing around that too. I think this is a good show because uh, I always want to take the therapist point of view. That's my training. And then as you, and this is your personality anyway, you're like, okay, stop this, let's do this. And it's like, okay, anything that happened previous to stop this, let's do this is almost irrelevant to you and you don't let it shackle you down. Yeah, there's no...
1: I mean... Talk about that forever, but let's not.
0: Okay. Um. All right. But here we yes, go. you
1: can do this. Also, see a therapist. Go see a counselor.
0: I yes, do the work together. I would, I would definitely with somebody. See a therapist. Okay. Let's see. My husband is addicted to checking out girls online, and when we are outside malls, restaurants, anywhere, he's always doing it. He will check out women from head to toe and follow them with his eyes. He checks out photos of random girls online. I know it's human nature to notice an attractive male or female, but putting an effort to search them on social media doesn't seem okay because it's not okay. Last year, after I gave birth, I checked his Facebook history and found sultry and suggested videos of girls. I asked him if he's doing it again. He said no, but when I showed him the screenshots, he admitted it. I feel betrayed and sometimes I want to leave him, but we have a son and he's telling me that he never, that it, and he's telling me that it never becomes physical. What do I do? Okay. This is a big one because you just had a son, so there's some postpartum, stuff going on and i think that this question not think this question is related to a lot of the underlying things in the previous question Mm -hmm. and addicted to checking out girls online checking out other girls that you that the wife can obviously see that he's checking out so does he have any concept of how that may make you feel or is it okay? Like we live in a culture that says that's okay, like oh yeah, just you know, that's what we do, huh? Kind of thing. And I think he's bought into that and he it's it's very normal for him. Right now, does he know that you don't like it? What do you what does he say when you guys talk back and forth like, hey, don't do that, this isn't okay? It makes me feel this way, even if you use the clearing structure when you do this, it reminds me of this, and we just had a baby, and like, what are you thinking, kind of Mm -hmm. thing.
1: There is a, maybe an ounce or of like, a thing to consider is that he actually might not know that he is doing it. Like, it might be so entrenched in who he is that he has no clue. Mm -hmm. Um, The thing I would ask is, when you talk to him about it, does he show any regret or any remorse? Does he give a crap that it bothers you? Mm -hmm. Um, It doesn't, I mean, I want to say two things very strongly. This is not acceptable behavior. Like, you said, I feel betrayed. No, you are betrayed. Mm -hmm. You don't feel it. You are that. And your husband's doing that to you. That is not me saying, leave him. He's a dumb blah, blah, blah. I'm not saying that. So please don't hear me saying that. But you are being betrayed. Your trust is being completely manipulated. He is not being honest to you. He is lying to you. So name it for what it is. Don't, like... You know, tiptoe around it Mm -hmm. because it isn't okay. I would also really suggest, listen to Dr. Corey Allen, Sexy Marriage Radio, all the episodes that you can find on this kind of thing. Go see a therapist together. Go see a therapist together. This is not, um, I would say this is not healthy and or normal behavior from a person in a marriage. And when I say normal, I mean like it really could be that he has no idea that he's doing it and he doesn't see that it is Creepville, USA. Like he doesn't, he actually might have a total blind spot for that. He's not, tr- maybe he's not trying to be a total, you know, weirdo, gross face, mm-hmm. but he might just have an absolute real blind spot. And so it's, um, <clears throat> sort of about, are you willing well, to uh, open up the awareness to that? Is he remorseful? Does he have regrets when he well, does it? she
0: said that they've talked about it before, and he, uh, he thinks it's, let's see, um, and wasn't truthful about it. So there is some like, oh, I have a problem with this. Does,
1: but does he care? Does he care that he lied to you? Yeah. That, that matters a lot. And I'm going to tell you, you got a kid. That matters way more now.
0: So, let's like put the situation differently. It says, my husband is addicted to spending money that we don't have. He goes to the store and buys things on sale and then tries to justify it was a sale, right? I've told him that this is not cool and we don't have a lot of money and we just had a kid and funds are tight, but mm-hmm. he still does it, mm-hmm. right? How does that reframe put it into perspective? Like, oh, geez, he's not respecting That we don't have money. He's Mm -hmm. not respecting that I'm worried about not having Mm -hmm. money. He doesn't put two and two together. Like, if we don't have the money, we shouldn't spend it. Mm -hmm. We can't. This is detrimental. This is damaging to our finances. Mm -hmm. It's not going to set us up for the good in the future. Something needs to be done mm-hmm. about this. you know what I'm saying? Yeah, does that help? Yeah, you think, well and we put I, it in different perspective, yeah,
1: and I think that's a great analogy because just like we have physical money, which has a limitation, I only have so much money to spend. And if your husband is spending money on garbage, Trash trinkets at like Walmart. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the same thing relationally and emotionally. You and your partner have only so much like relational currency to spend with one another, and he is spending an enormous portion of your relational dollars on everybody else. Mm-hmm. And it and you and his bank account is empty, and so is yours because mm-hmm. his relational bank account mm-hmm. because he's not spending it on you. So I I think it, it this is like um the way you worded it is like. It's um not that big of a deal, kind of. And it is a big deal. And I'm not again, I'm not saying at all like leave him, do whatever, like f all everything. I'm not saying that. This right. is the your husband. You're just it's- saying
0: that it's a big deal and it is serious. And like I just read the the last line. I some and sometimes I want to leave him, but we have a son and he's telling me that he never becomes physical. you guys need to go see a counselor yeah. in this? Obviously, uh it. Obviously, this isn't okay, otherwise you wouldn't have written about it, you wouldn't take the time, and you're clearly thinking about it, and you're not going to stop thinking about it until things are out in the open, until you see a counselor, until you get the first question, all these layers, these outer rings of stuff, okay, why is this happening? Is it a checkout thing? I mean, not checking out other women, but a, a mental check out. Yeah, checkout. like I'm numbing. Is it a coping thing? You know, what in the relationship? Uh, again, Dr. Corey Allen says what happens in the bedroom is... The way
1: we do sex is the way we do life.
0: Yes, which basically means how we communicate, how we are physically, how we share our needs and wants and desires in the bedroom is how you do it outside of the bedroom. There are so many parallels between that. And you're saying, okay, this is how we do life outside the bedroom, I, you know, I know that the sex life isn't so good either because you guys are preoccupied. He's preoccupied mentally. You're preoccupied with what he's preoccupied about, yeah. and how can you come together in a good way? And uh, you can't.
1: Yeah, yeah. There's there is a lot in these two questions. You know, like a husband looking at pornography, and then a husband looking at other women. Like, the, I I don't know. Sometimes people don't like the fact that healthy things have boundaries, right? You can't weigh four hundred pounds and think that you have healthy boundaries around food. You don't, mm-hmm. right? Healthy things have boundaries. You can't drive a car uh, 200 miles an hour on a freeway and think you won't crash or like crash someone else's car. Healthy things have boundaries. Speed limits, Mm -hmm. calorie intake, uh, all of these things, sugar intake. Healthy things have boundaries, and boundaries uh, should, in a healthy mind, relate to, this is good for me, I'm thankful for this boundary. Uh, But oftentimes in our culture, someone said, boys will be boys attitude. Like Mm -hmm. That's not a healthy boundary. That's a boundary of... Um, that's a, what's the word? That's like, um, a, a loophole you're trying to create a loophole because you don't want to actually have a healthy boundary around a thing. Right. And I think that people underestimate how much better life is when they're healthy because they don't know it. Mm-hmm. If you don't know how to be healthy, you don't know how amazing it is to be healthy. Yeah. I mean, you just think, oh, it's hard work. I don't want to do that. I don't want to give up my, you know, crap that I eat or the porn I look at. You have no idea how amazing your life can be when you stop doing those things and you have healthy boundaries. So, I don't know. That's something I just yeah, want to say. Yeah,
0: that's a really interesting thing. And sometimes we talk about addiction language and everything. And I've shared that, you know, sometimes i try Drink too much, and it's really interesting. And in like, oh well, okay, go cold turkey and never drink again. Then you you think about like all the social aspects and the fun and the re- relaxing part. But if it's like you're all you're doing is trying to have fun and all you're doing is you know, trying to be social and party all the time, then that's not balanced, right? So it's there actually is something else on the other side. And I found this to be true with like working like just running. Like I used to think I'd, oh I have to run three miles every day and work out. But no, I just like have a more balanced approach and like run three miles every day, which feels great and drink a ton of water and I'm getting my health goals in shape. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So even with balance and then even balance around food. And this is really funny. And it's this it's a a Buddhist saying and it's it says what we resist will persist. Mm -hmm. So the thing that we're trying to focus on so hard, like. I got to lose weight, I got to, you know, save $10,000, I got to do all that stuff, and just, okay, I'm going to step back from that, and be good, do good work, work hard, keep things in balance, not obsess over things, they they come to you freely, and this is, this happened overnight, so I lost two pounds yesterday, and ate ice cream, and also ate rice, so carb stuff, right, And I lost two pounds. So I, and, but before then, I'd like weighed the same every single day, trying to eat protein only, no carbs, no sugar, no nothing. And I was holding on to it. And Kyle Seuss talks about it again. He's like, I just was myself and gave myself some grace, and I lost like 10 pounds. Mm -hmm. And it was much more easy than going to the gym Mm -hmm. every day, doing all this stuff, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah.
1: there 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 has to be a mind sh- mindset shift around these ideas and I'm going to tell you the two books I think are the most impactful for that. One is I Hope I Screw This Up by Kyle Sees and then I think it's uh Mel Robbins either Take Control of Your Life or the 5 Second Rule like both of those I think are really good for this but mm-hmm. there like you have to have the mind shift that um I mean even just then the like pornography issue the your husband looking at other women like boundaries are there for a reason and until you can shift your mindset to understand it's not like oh i have to give up the stuff i love no it's i am actively choosing to do the thing that i know is wise i'm gonna feel better everything's going to be better when i do this thing also you know like drinking water exercising Mm -hmm. eating healthy not looking at porn not watching tv for five hours a day like change your mindset around it. Don't Mm. feel like, oh, woe is me, I can't watch Game of Thrones for a year straight. (laughs) Like, do something productive with your life and get up and you will be thankful. And know you're not going to like it because you've never done it before. But don't sit and complain about it. Like, that's what drives me insane is that people, like you were saying in the beginning. Hold on,
0: you're not fussing at these people no then. no
1: no 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 right. i'm fussing at everyone <laughs> <laughs> i'm saying like people want to sit there and hold their crap in their hands and go "Oh, but look at this crap and that crap and this crap's from when i was a kid but don't you look at it mm-hmm. and it's like i don't care set it down and do new stuff right like you're never gonna know how amazing it is to lose the weight if you never lose the weight right. and then you can complain about how you're fat for the rest of your life okay. or you complain about how your le- husband's looking at porn for the rest of your life because you did not want to tell him no you know like it's hard right. to do and no, i'm not fussing at y'all
0: I'm trying to get a word in, uh, which I love what you're saying. However, as a therapist, we have to be sensitive to real past trauma and ongoing trauma and stuff and like huge hurts that be like, oh my gosh, that was deep. And I have all this baggage that I have to work through, you know, so you're not, you're not making fun. You're not being like, oh, you know, right. It's, it's having a growth mindset around that and read the five second rule by Mel Robbins. Mm -hmm. Oh, you know what? And also go to... Ana- audibletrial.com forward slash Anatomy of Marriage to get a free audiobook on us. Get the us. book for free. Get, yeah, any book for free mm-hmm. by that measure. And um, the five second rule is like, oh, I'm sitting here, I'm sad. Five, four, three, two, one. I am sad, but now I'm doing this. Yeah. And it, it shifts your brain yeah. and it's so amazing. And there was, there was,
1: Well, and hold on. Never once did I say, ignore your past. Never once did I say, don't address the things that caused all of this. That's exactly what you need to do. Like, you need to address all of the things in the past. Why do I want to look at porn all the time or eat ice cream all the time or numb out? What is What am I numbing from? Right. Discover what you're numbing from and then change the patterns around it. And I think it's just so annoying when people don't want to grow and then they complain about not growing Mm -hmm. and they don't know what to do about it. It's called growth. Go see a therapist. Do a thing. Make the step. Make the call. Find a... You know, a therapist online, like, go to your church, talk to the counselor. Like, I don't know. I get Mm -hmm. fired up about it, but people wrote a bunch of things. And the
0: only way out is through. Like, you have to address that stuff. We did a whole, we did a show about it that Freud says, yeah, things in the past, if not addressed, they always, always come up in some other form. So, Mm -hmm. all this checking out, Facebook, drinking too much, watching Game of Thrones all day, pornography, uh, uh, gossiping, all this stuff is... It it could be I could say I would be ninety five percent sure that it has a root cause of things that we haven't. Oh, it's one hundred percent sure, right? Yeah. So it's like let's address all this stuff, and then sure you can get on Facebook, you can watch Game of Thrones, you can do things in balance, right?
1: Yeah, and you know what's even more amazing? You can want to do something and still not freaking do it. You can want to stare at some chick on the street and not do it. You can tell yourself, this will not be beneficial to me. And then you can stop yourself from doing it. And that's amazing.
0: Okay, you can also, this is what I was going to say. You can also work and ask yourself, what is my best and highest calling? Yes. And that's kind of meta or whatever. But what is the best thing that I can do? And what is the highest thing I can do? So you know what? I really want to go to the bakery literally four times a week and eat two things. Four times a day. I know exactly what I would get. Yeah. Every single time, right? Is that
1: your highest calling though?
0: No, mm-hmm. it's not. It is not my highest calling. Now in balance, once a week. A okay. That's not going to ruin the diet, that's not going to break the bank, that's not going to do anything except mm-hmm. bring me joy, and I pro I uh put off that joy for 6 days and then went and had a mm-hmm. uh, cheat day at the bakery, right? So, what is your best and highest calling in in everything? How you talk to your spouse? If you look at whatever, if you look at a a girl or a guy, or if you look at pornography, is this my best and highest calling? And sometimes you can really easily kid yourself and go, well, just whatever, and you justify it. And the minute that you try to justify Mm -hmm. a behavior is the exact answer. Light bulb, bright as the sun. Not your highest calling. Mm -hmm. Go this way. Yeah. Go this way.
1: Yeah, the minute that you have to say, well, this is just me time. Like the minute it's selfish and that is the like, minute
0: and I think Kyle <coughs> talks about the minute that you try to justify something yeah, it's is not, like red alarm, boom, don't yeah. and it's not like don't do it like we're being all legalistic or whatever oh if you do that you're a scumbag <laughs> no we're, we're it, definitely not, not saying going that it's not to get you
1: the life that you actually want right. and it is hard when like you're the wife saying this my husband is doing this but you need to have these I mean I would encourage you to have these conversations together and talk about what is it that we want have expectations and goals for your marriage that will that will set you both on the plane for your highest calling but uh, honestly it can't assure that your mm. partner is going to give a crap or do anything about it yes
0: so and the, the thing is how can you live to your best and highest calling guess what when you start doing that you'll start opening doors and creating different neural pathways and all this stuff and they may not be living to their best and highest calling but it i don't want to say that it doesn't matter because i know that it makes it much more difficult like my work my attempt to do best and highest calling has been made easier because melanie is trying to do it too if you were just a jerk oh yeah it's like but you know what when we went through all the crap and you were having a hard time on stuff, I don't know, and this is before we read any of these books, I was like, Shh. I, I said, I don't deserve anything from her. I am doing this mm-hmm. for me, and then we'll see where that goes yeah. kind of thing, because mm-hmm. you you were anything but supportive. You were I was trying, I was you were trying, trying to, to tear, tear, tear you down. To yeah. tear it down, right? I wanted and you to
1: fail, and I wanted it to be your fault right. that you would leave me. So exactly. if y'all haven't heard Season 1, go listen to Season 1. That's that what that story is all yeah. about, and it's crazy. It's
0: a, it's a good but one. Anyway. So, okay, we are at 28 minutes. Oh, big time. Okay, remember, we talked about a million books this time. Go to audibletrial.com forward slash Anatomy of Marriage to get a free audiobook. It helps us out. We do get a little bit of money from that, but even if we didn't get money, we would promote it because we live in audio to you book land so thanks for the comments and
1: we forgot to read a review of the day All that's right. what we forgot to do um, we this is uh, hilarious it's uh, it's five stars from Godside JCC don't know what that is um, this show is super dope I love how real this show is it's not some passive happy-go-lucky podcast that is afraid to attack the tough issues no topic is off limits and they speak from personal experiences not just a book it helps me to concentrate on my actions and thoughts within a marital context so I can better myself and as a result my marriage thank you for being open wait thank you all for opening your life story for our benefit you are welcome thank you so much for the five-star review i think it's awesome and i like the title the show is super dope
0: yeah it is super dope and if you like
1: our show and it's beneficial to you, please rate and review it on iTunes. Um, it's very helpful. It, it makes us feel amazing, for one. We hit 700 reviews, which is so awesome. Yeah. But, it, but we will read your review on the show. And so that's exciting and fun. So please, please, please go to iTunes and rate and review the show. Share the podcast with your friends.
0: All right. Um, Anything else?
1: No. Have an amazing day. Y'all are rock stars. Zone of proximal development. Grow.
0: Grow and go. Read an
1: audio book. We love you.
0: All right. Love you guys. God. Bye. Love you.
1: <laughs> I almost said amen. (laughs) All right, talk to you later. Bye. (laughs)